You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. We are in the midst of study in the New Testament book of Acts, and today we're going to celebrate the birthday of the church. And the first thing that happens is this, the fact that we are empowered by the Spirit to follow Jesus. Let me preface this by saying that here's where we find ourselves in the story. Jesus is God, become a man, lived without sin, went to the cross, died in our place for our sins, was buried. Three days later, on a Sunday, he rose from death, conquering Satan, death, hell, the wrath of God. Acts chapter 1 tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared for 40 days evidencing his resurrection by many proofs. In other words, he would show up to a group of folks here and another group here. And then he told his disciples, do not go out and do ministry yet. Stay here in Jerusalem. You need to wait. And Acts 1.8 says, this is Jesus talking to them, but you will receive power. That's what they're waiting for. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's your city, your state, your nation, the nations of the earth. That's what he's talking about. He then ascends back into heaven and he tells us at the end of Acts 1, we're told that for 10 days, they waited. The disciples didn't know it was just going to be 10 days. We have the privilege of knowing that. So what did they do in those 10 days? They gathered. They prayed. They studied the Bible. They prepared themselves. They prepared their leadership. And today, we see the promise of the Holy Spirit coming, being fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. And this is important. Just as the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism to anoint and appoint him for his ministry, so here Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can follow him by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of Jesus. So let's read in Acts chapter 2 and learn that the Spirit has empowered Christians for ministry. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now we read earlier, that means about 120 disciples at this point. They're meeting as a church, 120 of them. Suddenly, a sound like, now this is important. The Bible here is telling us that something happened that's supernatural. And they're trying to explain this supernatural miraculous event. Have you ever had a situation occur to you where you experience something altogether new? And, and then to try to explain, okay, let me, let me figure out how I'm going to explain this to somebody. You say, well, it's kind of like this or it's, it's kind of like that. When you hear or use that language, and especially in this reading, you're supposed to understand that the biblical author, in this case, Luke, is just straining to put into human language something that is of God, something that is supernatural. So it was like the blowing of a violent wind. 
that came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be, again, like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. The timing is Pentecost. It already existed as a Jewish holiday. Before this holiday, there was another major holiday, Passover. Passover was celebrating God's deliverance of his people from slavery and bondage in Egypt through the shedding of blood of a substitutionary lamb. Now, you know that that story in Exodus is that this was the last, the tenth plague. And for the believers to be spared, a perfect lamb was sacrificed and the blood was put over the door so that as the angel of death would pass over, it would spare them. They were the believers. All of that was a precursor, prefiguring, a foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus who was the perfect lamb, who is the perfect lamb, whose blood was spilled for us. It's only through him that we receive redemption. Well, 50 days after Passover, Pentecost happened, already existing in the Jewish calendar. Pente is from Greek. It means 50, 50 days. So 50 days after Passover, they're meeting in Jerusalem. They're about to celebrate this next holiday. The first believers are gathered as Jesus' church of about 120, and the Holy Spirit descends upon them. He comes to empower them as he came to empower Jesus so that they might be on his mission by his power. I want you to see that. And he comes like the wind. He comes like fire. And it's coming. It's supposed to instill within us. This is about power. This blowing of of a violent wind, this fire is of power. Last February, my whole family, all 10 of us, decided to take a Disney cruise. This was going to be fun. This was going to be leisurely. Nothing short of amazing weather because, I mean, we're going to end up going to the Bahamas. And it was fun. And it was amazing. Until gale force winds that took over about 24-hour period. You couldn't go on the deck. The chairs had to be secured. All the outdoor activities were suspended. This boat, this huge ship that weighs 144,000 tons was rocking back and forth. What else is there to do when you can't do anything else but eat? (laughs) So we made our way to our assigned onboard restaurant that evening. It was called the Arendelle. If you know anything about kids' movies from Disney, that's related to what movie? Frozen. Frozen. Many of you knew that. And the cool thing was that in this restaurant, the Arendelle restaurant, there were characters that were dressed appropriately and they would sing all the favorite songs, all the ones made famous by this kid's movie. Well, about the time that they were singing 
Let it go, let it go. The winds really hit hard. And with that next line, can't hold it back anymore. Our daughter Jordan decided she couldn't hold it back anymore. And before she turned green, she headed to her cabin. It's not like the ship hit anything. It was wind. It was just wind. But that wind came with power. It overwhelms. It overtakes. It's an all-consuming, unstoppable force. The Holy Spirit is a person. But his power is like that. So all of this happens on the day of Pentecost. And there are three things I want to just share really briefly about this as they came together. Number one, Jesus' mission was to not take them out of the world, but to have them join with him in the world by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, Jesus' mission does not send us to a holy place, like to a temple or to Mecca. Instead, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to make us a holy place. Individually and corporately, God's people. And number three, Jesus' mission requires you individually and we corporately to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, we can't be who Jesus made us to be. And we can't do what Jesus calls us to do unless we are filled by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to understand that the Bible talks about us being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to read that language. This happens once at conversion as you become a Christian. Ephesians 1 also talks about being sealed by the Holy Spirit. All right, this is a one-time event when you become a Christian. And then you're going to read in Acts 2, and you're going to read it repeatedly throughout Acts and in other places like Ephesians 5, where the Bible talks about believers being filled with the Holy Spirit. So we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. There is one baptism, but there are many fillings. And this is the empowering that happens continually. So let's say that you're a brand new Christian and you're trying to figure out, okay, what gifts do I have that that help me serve Jesus? You're asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, to show you how you can serve him in whatever ministry you are called to be a part of. Let's say that you're going to get married. You're asking the Holy Spirit to fill you so that you can learn to be a loving and faithful spouse You're pregnant. You're soon to be parents. This is an exciting time. You're asking the Holy Spirit to fill you so that you can have these God-given instincts to train your children to love and serve the Lord. Maybe you're struggling. You're suffering. You're sick. You're hurting. You're asking the Holy Spirit to fill you that you might persevere and that through your sufferings, learn more about Jesus And become more like Jesus. So there are multiple fillings to be filled up. That being said, we're now going to look at what happens as they are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And what we learn first off is that the Holy Spirit empowers Christians for ministry. We've already seen that. And then secondly, we learn that the Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome barriers for the spread of the gospel. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this is the disciples who are able to now speak in other languages. Well, I want you to understand, this is a known, natural human language that they're talking about here. Now, the New Testament elsewhere will talk about tongues being something of an angelic, heavenly language, but here, this is a known language. All of them were filled, began to speak in tongues, the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, the next verse, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the people speaking in other tongues, a crowd came together in bewilderment, bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? The Galileans were rural folk. Mostly fishermen, farmers, not necessarily highly educated. Imagine someone who is not formally educated from an area outside of a city, all of a sudden coming into a city, being able to speak in another language with perfect pronunciation, no mistakes, and clear articulation. You'd say, well, that's unexpected. I didn't know Uncle Si knew Portuguese. It's a miraculous event. The story continues. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? And then it gives us the list of the groups of people. Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Rome both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Why are we last? <laughs> John, they say the best for last, right? Thank you. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So there are two barriers here that are listed. One is location. These people are from all over the known world. The other is language. They have their own language. Here's the big idea. The Holy Spirit absolutely loves Jesus. All right, the third member of the Trinity loves the second member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit loves Jesus. And the Holy Spirit loves people who are made in the image and likeness of God. So the Holy Spirit, because of his love, wants people to meet Jesus. That's what we believe, right? That is is what the Holy Spirit is doing. The primary thing that the Holy Spirit does is have people meet Jesus. Now, there are barriers. There are barriers that need to be overcome so that the people meet Jesus. One was location. So the Holy Spirit overcomes location by waiting until the day of Pentecost when people have come from all over the many nations to one location. You see, the celebration of Pentecost 
again, already existed in the Jewish community. It was tied to the law given to Moses atop Mount Sinai. But more importantly, it was one of three major holidays that all able-bodied male Jews would be required to attend in Jerusalem at the temple with family in tow. So people were already coming from all over to Jerusalem. And if you want to look at those places on a modern-day map, those places we just mentioned, they're coming from Iran, Turkey, North Africa, Crete, Rome, Arabia, Egypt, Syria, and of course, every part of Israel. So these people are all coming together, and the Holy Spirit waits until then when they're all in one place. Tell me God doesn't orchestrate this. So Pentecost now takes on a new significance for the Christian community. Think about this. All the people gather. And if they meet Jesus, if all these people from all these other nations come together and they meet Jesus and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they return home as missionaries. Now on mission for Jesus. So that location barrier was overcome. The Holy Spirit overcomes that. Well, second is the language barrier. They struggle to communicate because they have to talk to one another. Perhaps this has been a frustration of yours. Have you ever traveled internationally and, and you don't speak the language? And it's really hard. It's frustrating to try to get anything done. I remember the year after I graduated from high school, my mom and I traveled to Japan because my sister and her family lived there. My brother-in-law was in the Navy at the time, stationed in Japan, and it was the first time I was ever on an airplane, flew all the way to Japan. We didn't speak the language. My brother-in-law was working full-time in the Navy. My sister was seven months pregnant with her second child. So our everyday excursions were just my mom and me. Well, we had to eat. <laughs> Seems like there's a common theme in this sermon. <laughs> Luckily, most restaurants had plastic replicas of their food in the window. And so we'd go into the restaurant when it was, the waitress would come over. We couldn't communicate with her. I mean, that was our bad, but that's how it was. We'd walk over to the plastic food and point and say, that's what we want. <laughs> Or perhaps there's someone that's come to your place of employment or your school, your neighborhood, and you really want to help them and love them and serve them, but they don't know English and you don't know their language. And it's really hard to try to figure out a way to have a relationship going because of the language barrier that exists. That was the case on that first Pentecost day. They came from different nations. They had their own languages. So the Holy Spirit overcomes that barrier to connect people to Jesus because he loves them. So here in Acts 2, we see the way to overcome the language barrier, the national barrier, the cultural barrier. It's to come around Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
it's still that way today. The division in our country, the divisions among many countries, it's not going to be healed and unified by multiculturalism or some vague commitment to peace or some mutual understanding. True healing, true wholeness can only come when we make a commitment to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is a foreshadowing of Revelation chapter 7 where we are told that in the kingdom of God, we will be gathered around the throne of Jesus, people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and we will be singing Jesus' praises forever. And he's the center. He's on the throne. And it's going to be that way forever in the kingdom of God. Finally, Luke tells us what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes, he is both received and rejected. Here's how it's told to us. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Hearing this language, these rural Galileans speaking languages not their own. What does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And the Holy Spirit comes and he teaches about Jesus and reveals Jesus. Some people receive him. And we're going to see next week that in just one day, 3,000 people are added to God's family. It's a conversion explosion. But while some receive Jesus, Others reject Jesus. <laughs> Those church people, they're crazy. Christianity makes no sense. I don't want any part of it. Leave me alone. So here's my question to you. Have you received or rejected Jesus? Have you received the Holy Spirit's conviction and instruction? Or have you rejected the Holy Spirit's conviction and instruction? The big idea is this. The Holy Spirit is absolutely, unequivocally, fully, thoroughly, totally committed. Whatever means are required, the message of Jesus will get out with power. But if language is in the way, the Holy Spirit will work through the language. If geography is in the way, the Holy Spirit will work through the geography. If people are in the way, he will move those people aside. He will literally move heaven and earth to get the news of Jesus to people so that they will have an opportunity to turn from their sin and trust in him. And that's why this church exists and that's why for 85 years, we have served and sacrificed and witnessed. It's about people meeting Jesus. Everyone needs to hear about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit sets a fire in the children of God. And he unleashes them on the earth. So that people would hear that Jesus is God. That Jesus is good. 
that he came to earth, died, and is now risen. And that Jesus is still saving and serving. And one day he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. And this message absolutely has to get out. And it is the ministry of the church to get this message out. I invite you to join me and to require the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to work through you. If there is any opportunity for you to speak, share, teach, talk about Jesus, do it. And overcome whatever barriers might be at work so that you can reach people so they can receive him and join in the forever family of God. Amen? That's what it's all about. You've heard me say this several times recently. That's what 2024 is all about for our church. We are excited to see and experience what God is going to do for us, through us, for all the opportunities that we have in front of us in ministry this year. And that's why we have committed to having every group in our church, every adult Sunday school class, every Bible study group, the youth, the men's fellowship, the women of the church, the choir, the praise team, to take part in three, throughout the year, just three outward-focused evangelistic efforts, meaning what can we do to those who are not a part of our church, not a part of any church, maybe they're unchurched, that will bring to bear in their lives the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Now, it's not up to any of us to save them. We can't demand that they receive Jesus. But you put it out there. That's what we are commanded to do, to be his witnesses, to be his ambassadors. The whole purpose is for people to meet Jesus because we all need Jesus. You know, the fuller title of this book is the Acts of the Apostles. Maybe it should really be the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's all about what he is doing. And he wants to work through us as he has worked through his people for thousands of years. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.